Welcome to another informative episode of Alberta Doctors Digest, brought to you by the Alberta Medical Association. You've tuned in to one of the many stories from our online publication at add.albertadoctors.org. We're the flagship source of information and opinion of the Alberta Medical Association, advancing patient-centered quality care by advocating for and supporting physician leadership and wellness. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alberta Doctors Digest podcast brought to you by the Alberta Medical Association. As always, I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief Marvin Polis. For this episode, we're going to continue with our series about the socioeconomic determinants of health. I'm in studio, and joining me via Zoom are Dr. Karen Lee and Dr. Stan Houston. They're both associated with the University of Alberta. We're here to talk about the Housing for Health project, but we're also here to talk a little bit more broadly about the socioeconomic determinants of health. So Stan, let's start with you. What's on your mind? Marvin, after looking after patients for some 47 years, including a very broad spectrum of patients, some work overseas, some inner city patients here in Edmonton, and both general internal medicine at the Royal Alec and infectious disease, immigrants, indigenous patients, but lots of what Stephen Harper would have called old stock Canadians. It became more and more obvious that an awful lot of what I saw every day, for example, on the medical wards at the Royal Alec, were problems that arose from life circumstances. And that those determinants were probably actually much more important than some of the things that we biomedically trained people obsess over, like statin doses. So that's not to say that statins and other uh, aspects of curative medical care aren't essential. Of course they are, but we need to focus more on the importance of those determinants of health. And doctors have a key role in this, which I think we're going to touch on later. In fact, Stan, tell me, what are some of those determinants of health that you just kept seeing over and over again in your clinical practice? Housing, obviously, nutrition, and harder to pin down, but very important issue of lifestyle, life stress, and uncertainty and unpredictability, so economic uncertainty that can drive people to bad diets drive people to substance use and all the complications that derive from those things. Well, you mentioned statins as as one thing, and that would be a treatment for certain metabolic issues. But as a doctor, did it get you thinking you really need to go upstream and think about what are the solutions to the, to the problems upstream of the treatments that you could provide? Yeah, of course. I wasn't taught much about thinking upstream in medical school, and I think we still underemphasize that in both training and practice. But yeah, that is exactly what I think we all need to be doing, particularly as physicians, but also as a society and for our political leadership. I think part of what I'm hearing from you is that there's a role for doctors to get involved in advocacy work. And one of them, perhaps, is housing, which is, a, a, I guess, a good transition for us to talk to Karen. Karen, tell me about this Housing for Health project. 
So, you know, uh, Stan and I are both a part of a uh, new working group in the Department of Medicine, a Determinants of Health working group, where we've been, you know, working together with other physicians in the department in thinking through what are the things that doctors can do. I think for me, I'm trained in public health and preventive medicine. So in public health and preventive medicine, that's one specialty of medicine where we're expected to address population health issues and uh, the upstream determinants do come into play. So, you know, in my role at the University of Alberta, we actually have a grant from the Public Health Agency of Canada that supports this initiative, Housing for Health. Housing for Health basically is focusing on trying to improve housing developments and the neighborhoods around them so that they are more supportive of people being able to achieve uh, the healthy lifestyles that we counsel them to do and to be more socially connected and prevent social isolation. So we know, for example, that if you have access to parks, to affordable recreation facilities near to where you live, you are much more likely to be active. If you are able to walk to nearby amenities, you are much more likely to be active. And there's also for walkable communities associations with lower social isolation, decreased sense of stress from issues like crime. So the neighborhoods around the housing is important as well in terms of the amenities in them. There are studies showing us that, you know, if you live near supermarkets that afford you fruits and vegetables at an affordable price, those folks living in those neighborhoods are much more likely to have a healthier diet and a healthier weight. So there are many elements, I think, in our communities that really shape our ability to be healthy and to even maintain a healthy lifestyle that we often counsel our patients to do. So I guess part of what I'm hearing is that it's not only about the physical attributes of the housing, things like it needs to be dry, it needs to be free of vermin, it needs to be warm. It's also about community and the social aspects. And it's also about the things that are co-located in the community, things like proper grocery stores with proper healthy food. So great, I get that message. Now tell me about some of the, the components that you're going to undertake to make this all work. We know that if we want to address some of these broader determinants of health outside of the healthcare system, there are partners that we have to work with. So a really key part of Housing for Health is working with developers and urban planners, architects, neighborhood grocery stores, farmers markets to really uh, identify the things that they can help us with in making housing in these neighborhoods uh, healthier. Through this multi-sector work, there's a set of healthy community guidelines that's going to be actually released later this year. We want physicians to know about this as well so that physicians in all communities in Alberta can really advocate for their municipalities to adopt this to be used regularly in their urban planning and in their development plans so that this health lens is placed into urban planning and urban development and community development in all of our towns and cities in Alberta. We have partnerships with community residents, right? Because community residents, so we do community engagement work with them to get their ideas of what they're experiencing and what they want to see in their communities. 
we do research and evaluation. Uh, so when people are moving in into some of these pilot developments in neighborhoods, we are measuring their health outcomes over time. And we also have, Marv, an annual conference called Fit Cities, Fit Towns Canada. The third annual conference is coming up. Uh, it'll be at U of A, and also there'll be a virtual component for anyone who wants to join on May 30th and 31st. So people can check these out if they're interested in becoming more involved in housing for health. Now, something that struck me, Karen and Stan, when I read some of your background material originally, I originally made the assumption that this was all about inner cities, and then I got corrected on that by reading your material and listening to what you had to say today. It's, it's not just about inner cities, and it's not just about big cities. It's about all communities. In fact, I think you're doing a pilot project in White Court, and that's very different than inner city Calgary or inner city Edmonton, but they still have similar issues. Tell me about that. The impacts of determinants of health are different in different geographic and socioeconomic contexts. So they play out differently, but they are very important wherever you look. Yeah, I just want to add to what Stan is saying. So, you know, we know, for example, that your life expectancy and your health outcomes vary by neighborhood postal code. Often the poorer the postal code, the worse are the outcomes. Issues of poverty do have extreme impacts on health, but issues of things like income inequality actually seem to impact all of us. So there are studies that have compared how wealthier people do in more equal societies and in more unequal societies. And even though the poor, of course, in society often are impacted by the worst health outcomes. In fact, wealthier people who live in very unequal societies, their health may be negatively impacted as well, so that their health outcomes may not be as good as wealthier folks who live in more equal societies. So there are some studies that show those sorts of results as well. This whole issue of inequalities in our communities, they don't only impact those who are poor. Of course, they disproportionately do impact those who are poor, but they actually do have impacts on all of us, including our wealthier patients and, you know, including folks who are not poor in those communities. Very profound thoughts indeed, and some things here that I admit I hadn't really considered. We're just about coming up on time, uh, so we should wrap up. Stan, is there anything you'd like to say in summary? Well, I just want to emphasize that we as doctors, uh, clinicians, have an important role to play around this topic. So that includes, uh, I think, educating ourselves and our colleagues and advocating not only at the level of our individual patients for healthier lifestyles, but at a broader societal level as citizens, informed citizens, advocating with the general public and of course, with our political leadership. Well, thanks for that, Stan. And Karen, any final thoughts from you? Just to let folks know, if they are interested in getting involved in the Housing for Health project, uh, they can go to uab.ca slash h, the number 4h. Those interested in reading more about this can also uh, check out the Fit Cities book that talked about how New York City was able to reverse childhood obesity trends and improve life expectancies at a rate much faster than the rest of the United States through a upstream approach uh, and a community determinants of health approach. I also wanted to mention that physicians can become involved right away. As Stan mentioned, there's the educating yourself, there's getting involved in advocating for 
uh, not just your patient individually, but some of these policies occurring in your communities and provincially. And I think the other element as well is ensure that you find out at the intake of new patients, and even if you don't have this information with existing patients, is getting um, some of this information collected on your patients so that you can use that as part of your management plan. The other is Alberta Health Services' Connect Care system does have determinants of health fields. And if physicians could, as they collect this data, actually have their staff populate these fields as well, that would be extremely helpful in, in having data that could help us when they're analyzed for more policy and practice planning. Well, thank you, Karen. Certainly uh, an excellent call to action from you. And Stan as well, thank you. You've given us so much to think about, but also things that physicians can act upon. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks again for tuning in to Alberta Doctors Digest, brought to you by the Alberta Medical Association. This has been just one of the many stories from the current issue of our online publication. You can read the entire publication at add.albertadoctors.org. See you next time.